0: Um,
1: this is uh the kilt in the cloth on tuesday morning bible study as we continue our discussion about the resurrection stories in um the gospels um we've just completed uh the gospel of matthew and we're just going to kind of go biblical order not uh historical order but uh so we're going to start at the Gospel of Mark, and I'm I'm going to start at chapter eleven. Um, the uh, and there's in my mind I, there's a reason for this. So I want to talk about the Gospel of Mark. So Matthew, um, when we have this discussion. Uh, has a completely different focus than the Gospel of Mark. Mark Mark is, um, we know historically, is written closer to the destruction of the Temple of Jerusalem than any of the other Gospels. Um, we tend to get to Mark chapter thirteen, and we call it the 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 little apocalypse because it's it's talking about all of this death and destruction, and, and um, I mean. It's very, very rare that you're going to find a scholar that says the Gospel of Mark wasn't the first gospel written. Very, very rare. You're going to find someone who says that. Um, The other problem that we have with the Gospel of Mark is um, in the ways that it was written, it has a different focus. So the Gospel of Matthew, it's about the fulfillment of prophecy. Um, I remember a professor of mine, who I, I just, even if he hadn't been a professor, I was already reading his stuff. His name is Dr. Al Toski, and he's he's considered a, a Mark scholar globally. Um, Mark was really written out of a sense of grief and trauma. Uh, so I want you to think about what would it have looked like, and, and, and it's this dramatic, what would it have looked like if people sat down and wrote about their Jesus after 9-11 like it's it was that traumatic um, it's it's uh fascinating because what how Tossig did is is that after uh, a couple of years after the after the world trade center um he went and interviewed people from new york city um and then just asked them how did their faith how was their faith affected in the midst of that you know, because it's not World Trade Center wasn't uh, a religious place, right? Now, not in the way that we would worship, but some people worship money, so I guess you could say that. But, but, it, but it, wasn't, it was office buildings. It was office buildings, but there was there was it's a it's a monument really it downtown in New York City that, that people were really attached to. There was something about it, and so how did this interview, and then then it did a comparison. With a lot of the language uh, of the Gospel of Mark, and uh, you you can see dramatic instances taking place with both, um, and so there's there's a there's an anticipation that takes place of the end in the Gospel of Mark. Um, some would say that there is no hope except for Jesus in the Gospel of Mark, whereas in Matthew. Jesus is is the new emperor, right? There's a, there's a focus in on all um, well, of this ancient text, bringing into light of this Messiah, where the Gospel of Mark writer is saying, Jesus is our only hope, because now everything we've ever known is gone. Uh, there is an empire thing in the background you can you can't avoid it like it's like dr Carter always says you know they woke up and stubbed their toe on the roman empire there's no way that you can escape that in this reading of the gospel of mark but but it's important that we recognize that the gospel of mark has a focus in on all of the things of humanity are done because everything that we knew is gone and so it's, it's written in an afterthought and maybe some of it being during. And there's a lot of blame. I I, I got to say that there's a lot of blame being thrown around. And it's not just the Jews. It's not just the Gentiles. It's not just the Romans. It's all the believers in Jesus. If you had believed in Jesus and allowed this to happen, maybe this wouldn't have taken place. So there's there's a, and you could hear it in the tone. um, And, and just because I'm, I'm, I want us to understand the the difference, the, the dramatic, drastic difference of the Gospel of Mark versus the other Gospels is there they don't leave with a happy ending. There was a, a a second writing of the Gospel of Mark that added a, a happy ending where there was a nice little bow tied and everybody was happy and, and left. But really the original version of the Gospel of Mark had the running away and hiding after he died and resurrected um, and, and that that should tell you something like so here's Jesus resurrecting and everybody goes off the hides. they did tie it up in a nice little bow uh, we, we tend to say that was from the Dead Sea Scrolls but <laughs> even then, uh, mm-hmm. any scholar worth their worth is not going to say oh yeah this second ending is the real ending most of them just say no This was somebody else's attempt to make the Gospel of Mark a little bit more palatable. So I I say this because when we read this, it feels dark. And then there's moments of hope. And uh, Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, which we just talked about this last Sunday, Mark's version is is a little bit different, Um, but he's gonna put more focus in on curing the temple or cursing the fig tree or um, healing those that are truly in need of it because most people are blind. That's the part I want you to catch. Most people are blind and He brings sight to them. Um, Whether it's through miracles, whether it's actually through healing, or whether it's from His teaching. They've, they become able to hear and able to see. Um, yeah, so I just had to have that conversation because Matthew is fun. I think Mark kinda, I, I like Mark. I, obviously I've written and published and written stuff about Mark a lot and um, spent way too much on the Gospel of Mark, which is probably why I'm spending too much time on the introduction of him. But, <laughs> the the part that's interesting to me is is that Matthew and Luke make me feel happy, where Mark just makes me frustrated and sad, and um, then the Gospel of John just makes me feel really warm and cozy on the inside, where Mark again just makes me feel like, man, this this is hard to read. Like this, this is. Uh, I mean, they, they there are so many writers that compare massive national events or mas- massive massive. Uh, horrific things to the Gospel of Mark. And there's a reason for that. It's, it's the way it's written. Um, Matthew and Luke don't give you that ability. Uh, they, they want you to know that Jesus is the Messiah, yay. And Mark is like, yeah, Jesus is our Messiah, and we missed the boat, <laughs> like literally. Um, and so, uh, yay, this, you know we're, we're, we're still gonna, we, we still mess it up and run away and hide. And We had the chance. We had the chance. This is the part that I, I think maybe as I'm getting older, I'm connecting it. But that maybe we had the chance to proclaim him as emperor, and we didn't do it. Um, we had the chance to allow this to take place as him being the ruler or um, the true savior, and because we're human, we 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 missed we missed that opportunity. So. Uh, so there is a an an anticipation uh um but it's written out of pain and grief and trauma. So all right. Can I add a couple things? Yes, my my Bible college days. Yes. And uh uh I took a, a class on Mark probably in nineteen eighty eight or whatever. But I remember um one of the possible theories about it's it's the shortest of the of the gospel, um, is that it may have been designed to be presented in a single evening. Like you can oh, yeah. read the book of Mark uh and there's even the perfect halfway point, I believe, where Jesus says, like, well, who do you say I am?
0: Yep. Like, okay, it's time for intermission,
1: you know, to get good thing. <laughs> yeah, there is a lot of that. And I actually went to uh a performance, someone that had memorized the whole book of Mark right. and that was she right. basically dramatically uh read it from or or hopefully slightly from memory, you know, all the way mm-hmm. up to The end there, and I believe I don't believe she added the extra either. I think it sort of ended with them being terrified, yeah. So, which I dramatically is really good for discussion, yeah, at the end of all of it. So, I thought that was interesting though, but being kind of designed to be um presented. No, that's definitely 100% true. Uh, there's there's a lot of scholars that believe that exact same thing, and I and I tend to go with them on that. That there's a where the Matthew and Luke is designed in sections, Mark is designed to be heard in one sitting. And like you said, from an oral tradition. So. Wouldn't that be it being a little bit darker?
0: words since you mentioned it? Would that indicate, and it's already said, it was written really closer?
1: Yeah. To, I mean, because as humans, the further we get away from something, sanitized it kind cups. Of right. Or we just oh well, we wouldn't have done that. I mean, you know. Yeah, we don't like sit there. So it's probably more like what the people were thinking. Yeah. yeah. And they probably in this room wouldn't have went I mean no well,
0: even, even after the after the resurrection and the ascension, it would be a matter of of trying to be alone to process and maybe they were hiding maybe they were just trying to be alone to process you know you kept to you, you you dealt with an extreme amount of grief in a short period of time uh, and then you've seen something totally miraculous and now you're charged to share that with the world that's a monumental week yeah, you yeah, think you true. think the week now is bad you know think about that week you know, the, the free, free crucifixion week is bad. Think about that week where they, they've got all of this to process now. Yeah, I'm going to go hide in the closet and process.
1: Yeah, no, that's 100% right, too. So this is this is a cool book in that sense. I mean, when you start putting it together like that, it makes it easy. And I thought it'd be really good for us to start at the Holy Week experience because it goes fairly quickly on that. Um and then just kind of break it down, and I may skip around a little bit, not because I want to, but because the the focus here for us is about resurrection. Uh, but Mark is very strategic in the way that it's written, um, leaning up towards resurrection, and so that's why I'm starting at the triumphal entry of Jerusalem at chapter eleven. So ready, to rock, here we go. <clears throat> when they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethphage and Bethany near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find there tied, uh, find tied there a colt that has never been written, untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? just say this. The Lord needs it and, and they will send it back here immediately. <laughs> they went away and found a colt tied near a door outside of the street, and as they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, What are you doing, untying the colt? They told them what Jesus had said, and they allowed them to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Then those that went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming of the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Then he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple and when he had looked around at everything as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Uh, so notice there's a, a few differences, but that's major. In Matthew, there's a, a, a donkey, well it's not donkey, it's a Bolt of the bolt, don't be in a hole. Um, this one is a cult, right? right. <laughs> uh, The people actually ask them something in Matthew. Nobody actually asks them anything. Um, that's also important. The audience is always important in the Gospel of Mark, there's an interaction with him always in some way or another. Uh, <coughs> I, I, yeah, I just, I don't know. Is there anything else that
0: you noticed? Typical Jewish family would not have had a horse. So right. When they say, oh, some people think, well, this one's a horse, and this one says but I think, I don't think oh, no, that, because mm-hmm. the typical Jewish, I mean, only the Romans had horses, didn't they? Um, um, no, I mean, it, it,
1: they were, it wasn't, it, I mean, it's expensive, but.
0: Horses and camel's are very expensive. And
1: yeah.
0: They were for. Really, so just to walk in and sit by right the side of the road not being guarded or protected I doubt that it's something that's valuable as a force on our council
1: yeah I would definitely say that and I would also say that both Matthew and Mark are also trying to tie it to Zechariah there's a there's a there's a prophetic message there in Zechariah that this, this uh this kid <laughs> will ride on the cult, Uh and, and and so I think there's definitely what Pen was saying and the gospel writers are trying to make sure that there's a a connection to uh prophetic language in the past. I don't remember. Yes, nine verse nine. I um, don't I think it's it's cool. Uh but really no, it's not referring. Any other passages in calling out everything right there. Yeah, so um, Kingdom, nine David. It's from Psalm 118. Oh, yeah, I, was in, I, I think it's Psalms it's 118, 25, and 26. And interestingly enough, uh, uh, that's weird. I've never read the commentary on this part here. It says that the Martin does not translate the term into Greek. Hosanna is a Hebrew word, which literally means to save. Um, it says save now, but Hosanna means is he's, he's here to save us. Uh um which is cool. I never remembered that until just seeing that just now. Seems like the soldiers would not be happy with this. Yeah, I I don't know if they would have paid attention. Mark is really trying to make sure that we, the audience isn't Rome here. The but if the I have to come for a gate. I would have to send it. they definitely going to send her. a day. Oh, absolutely.
0: Did the Romans think it necessary to learn to speak Hebrew? No. A, <laughs> they probably had no clue what they were saying.
1: That's, that's most likely the, the truth, party. I mean,
0: yeah. No, They're um, beneath us. Why would I learn their
1: language? Yeah. That, yeah.
0: In Matthew, the words for immediate were not immediate. In Mark, the word for immediate is immediate.
1: And that's why they did it. That makes total sense now, uh, because they would have said that Matthew would have been borrowing from Mark, which is probably they used a different word. And they used a different word that, and that would right. be why they that did. the euvos. Right? Is then that that, would, yeah. that doesn't make sense why they would do that, but that's I know scholars do that all the time, so. Is There any importance to you, Levin? I mean, oh, yeah, not the way I want to ask it, but no, this is a, a massive deal. But he walks in, looks around, and then they leave. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, isn't that
0: where he turns the tables and somebody It's just like not, it? It happens,
1: happen. I was gonna say, not yet, but they, they yeah, do. he's he is definitely walking in, um, and he's he's looking around at everything, and we you know that something bad's gonna happen. That's
0: it, it really, really ticked him off.
1: Yes, yeah. he goes out and that's really what happens. Because yeah. what he does is he walks out the door, and in verse 12, we're going to start reading again, he says, On the following day, when they came from Bethany, he was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to see whether perhaps he would find anything on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. Uh, if this is not a metaphor, I don't know what it is. He said to it, May no one ever eat from uh, eat fruit from you again, mm-hmm. and his disciples spurred it. So that is 100% a metaphor. He's hungry. He wants the knowledge, (laughs) right? There's nothing that they can give him. Um, And he curses the actual fig tree so that no one ever gets to eat from it again. That's, That's way different than Matthew. He just makes the fig tree die. He doesn't say that no one can ever eat from it again. And the and the Greek is like literally almost verbatim I think. May no one ever eat fruit from it again. Um, so that's that's a huge statement, folks. I mean, that's not a it's, a it's a little bit harsher than Matthew completely. And then, as if that wasn't enough, in verse fifteen, then they came to Jerusalem, and he entered the temple and began to drive out those who were selling. And those who were buying in the temple, and he overturned the table of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves, and he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. He was teaching and saying, It is not written, my my, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations. But you have made it a den of robbers. And when the chief priests and the scribes heard it, they kept looking for a way to kill him, for they were afraid of him because the whole crowd was spellbound by his teaching. And when evening came, Jesus and his disciples went out to the city, went out of the city, sorry. Now Mark does this interesting thing. He tells you a story and we call it a Mark and Sandwich. So he, he, he has a story, he puts something in the middle and then he closes it. And then he says, the lesson from the wither tree is in verse 20. In the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree withered way to its roots now. Then Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. And Jesus answered them, Have faith in God. Truly, I tell you, if I say, uh, if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and if you do not doubt in your heart, but believe that what you say will come to pass, it will be done for you. So I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Whenever you stand, pray, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. So, uh, he's he's overturned the the temple, the money changers. This is kind of a big deal. Um, I know we've talked about it in, in ad nauseum, but just for the sake of the recording, There should not have been anything inside the temple in the ways that it was designed. So, like, what was happening is people were becoming lackadaisical in their moments of worship. For example, he literally mentions doves. Um, If you had committed a, a, a sin, an offense, according to Torah, you were supposed to buy it yourself. You were supposed to go out, and there was a journey. There's a there's a sense of if I'm really going to seek re- a reconciliation from God, I have to make that happen. So I I always use this example. Of, it's not true. It's a it's a hypothetical. But let's say that I I have hurt my actual physical brother, and I have done something wrong. I've ripped him off from our parents' inheritance. Um, and I have, I've done all of these horrible things with that inheritance. According to Torah, I'm supposed to, in order to get forgiven by God, which is more important than my brother, I have to go the journey. I have to go the mile in order mm-hmm. to be forgiven so that the offering that I bring to the temple that's going to be burnt and sent to God will allow me the opportunity to seek forgiveness for my brother. But if I haven't sought Forgiveness from my brother before I've done these things, it won't be forgiven. Does that make sense? So you have to ask forgiveness mm-hmm. from your brother before you yes. ask forgiveness yes. for God. Yes. And if I and if I don't do that in that order, it doesn't mean anything. It's just and kind if, of hollow. No, it's exactly it's hollow. It's exactly it. It's, it's, it's going through the right? motions. This is fast food religion. So people figured out, well, if I if I just get a covey of doves and I start selling it inside the temple courtyards, and if I give a little bit of extra money to the chief priests and scribes so that they'll allow me to do it, people don't have to go the extra mile to go pick up the dove or go catch one or do whatever they need to do, because it's forgiveness is pain. And look, we can save more people faster. And we can save more people <laughs> faster. I'm totally serious. Yeah, a million served today, you know, like, there's this idea. It's also like that first fruits element too. I like you're supposed to be giving God your very best. That's right. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like more of a casual thing. I'll just buy this stuff. Well, that's the best stuff I got right now, you know? <laughs> But uh, it's not necessarily the best of what you have that you want to give to God. At the bottom of all this, it's man, not God. There you go. I mean, it's That's it. They're they're doing everything for whatever reason. Good reason. Mm-hmm. You know i'll go back look how many how many we can save but it's it's for their price for benefit not exactly and profit well they
0: were thinking about the meaning we can say not mm-hmm.
1: right and all of them yeah i mean we're picking on the money changers that you mentioned you know they're allowed to be there so somebody's giving them permission whether verbally or by not kicking them out that's right so there's there's a there's a deep, deep-seated problem with this. It's not just... And, and I'm not... It's not just it's the fast food thing, but it's the deep-seated, let's water down God. We're going to make God so lukewarm that we're now officially like the Romans. He's out. I mean, for God. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, and Jupiter's people at that time, um, I mean... You, there was literally a, a God on every corner. Um, and, and sometimes in some of these temples, there'd be multiple gods because nobody could afford to build a temple, right? So this God is here, this God's here. Everybody, nobody nobody built a temple outside of Jupiter and then added a couple others to be inside there. Jupiter had his own temples, but everybody else on the other hand, you could have multiple gods in one temple. So here's ours. And, and Jesus comes into the place and his own people who know that in order to be forgiven, recognize it's about the pain that it means to be forgiven. Now let's go back to the analogy that I gave you about my brother and I. If I haven't sought forgiveness from him before I ask God for it, then my my ask is not just hollow, but it, it, it means that God is now a gene. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. I now have the ability to go in and I buy a dove and God's just gonna forgive me and it's fine. Use your wishes. That's right. God's gonna grant my wishes. Um so so Jesus is then going into this place where he says, Is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations? All people okay. should be I'm able to, to ask this. Yes, is this Jewish? Very I mean, much so, because we're in New Testament. I yeah. I was trying I to okay so talk about the tribes. Yeah. or they like, now um, everything this is this he is quoting isaiah and and saying this is the place the temple of god where all of god's creation will be able to be in this place of prayer <laughs> and you have turned it into a den of robbers how dare you it's it's very similar to um i don't know i i, I think i get a little passionate about this passage of scripture because i think that the church of the 20th and the 21st century kind of walk this very fine line of how does that look for us today but what takes place in the house of worship uh well there's 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 no dress code right there's there's not a there's not a design in such a way that says uh that you have to have specific s- styles of music it doesn't say that you have to have specific uh Ways of giving is just says that we're supposed to make it in a place where it's welcoming to all believers where do we get that from from right here. But if we stand from the front of the pulpit and this is the part uh, and please forgive me, I, I don't think I've ever had this problem here, but I have had it in other churches. No, I, I, I'll just tell you, I was in a church in Virginia and they literally wanted to cancel church on the day of the Super Bowl. <laughs> and there was a huge fight. <laughs> Like I mean, the, the 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 elders were like, "Are you kidding?" And the church was like, "Well, the other churches are doing it," and we're like, uh, "Well, we're we're going to have worship," and we had twenty people out of a, out of three hundred that day. You, you see, so you start to you start to recognize mm-hmm. there's there's these weird issues. Another one would be uh, this one's probably more appropriate for us is that uh, when you started to see in in a, and again this is different places not in Virginia but uh, when you started to see Uh, What they would call, um, it's not Flag Day, I mean, it's like Memorial Day, but it's different for them. You'd go out there and they would decorate the whole sanctuary with uh, the the flags underneath the windows. And then they would put all kinds of uh, Americana throughout the thing. And it wasn't like a memorial or an Independence Day or anything else like that. Uh, but the thing was, let's worship America, not God. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a difference between being patriotic and being Christian. But some argue that, that they're saved, same, and I'm, that that's not biblical. So be careful with that. But this is this is also in that category. You see, so Jesus is making a big statement here that also applies from multiple generations. So it's not just the fact that they turned it into a den of robbers. But the Romans do this already, why would you try to be like them? So I just point that out because <laughs> it's the of the like this is happening. Jesus did all this and you didn't see it, that they were going to temple and worshiping, and they were missing the point entirely because they were just exactly. coming up in exactly in the way it's being done. <laughs> I'm reminded too, uh, sometimes if you ever see a television evangelist where he's like, Okay, we're gonna I'm going to give you a message soon, but first, let's talk about 12 prayers I learned from the Holy Land, and then it breaks away, and it does, like, basically an infomercial about this wonderful thing, and it's kind of like, well, what are you doing? Are you mm-hmm. trying to, to give a, a message, or are you trying to sell your your wonderful series of 12 prayers from the Holy Land? I'm making that up. I don't know if there's mm-hmm. such a thing, but uh, no, there is. <laughs> did you buy it i did <laughs> uh, and I used to, say, to watch it sunday you know, after, uh, uh, no but it's it's funny you should say that didn't? i mean it 20th and 21st century you, you start to see where we tried to monetize on god and jesus again and and it's uh uh i i didn't really pay attention to it enough and and i you know i embraced it as much as possible being a youth minister but I looked at it as is that if I have the ability to witness and other people get to see it through the things that I'm doing, then well then praise God for that. This is different than, but not, not the 12 hours of prayer is a perfect analogy. Uh, The ministry in the 80s and the 90s, we had so many, so many things that we monetized in the name of Jesus. I I just got a problem with
0: with with things, I'm sorry,
1: go ahead. I was just gonna say when we worship the building when we worship the presenter, Josh, right, it, you know, we're missing everything, everything. Mm-hmm.
0: So my friend during COVID called me and she said, um, my husband and I want to They go to the Christian church in the middle city. We want to make uh, mask with the chalice on it for everybody, for all the elders and deacons. I said, that's a really cool idea. So I called you and asked you about copyright issues and... We you we didn't I didn't make them show them she did or not but but there's a copyright on that symbol we couldn't use that symbol but you could buy them for twenty bucks a piece that's right that's ridiculous yeah mm-hmm. you know that's 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 monopolizing on the money because you could buy you know you could buy twenty masks for twenty for for, for that amount of money um, so yeah I think we we sometimes do that with and the uh, and I've been guilty of of, of of buying and using too but the what would Jesus do? WWJD was on everything, and everybody was buying that, and mm-hmm. it was, you know, twice as expensive as any other bracelet or necklace that you would buy. Um, so you know, I don't know, I, I understand that companies have to make some money, but to make more money than you would make on the same product if it wasn't saying Jesus, I don't like
1: that. Well, and I, I think so, I think it's also flip sided, also, right? Because this. There was something awesome about this passage of Mark and the way that he does it in the in the, in the cursing of the fig tree, because if it didn't have fruit, it wouldn't have lasted. And, and I want to be optimistic on this. So, like, uh, as a youth minister, we had a box full of WWJD bracelets. And the cool thing was that when that whole thing started, we started handing them out and people started asking, where do you go to church? Mm-hmm. And then they came to church and... And then there was, and then it got nuts. I mean, like there was whole companies that made T-shirts and stuff like that, and and I bought into it fully. Like it was cool, and the graphics were neat. But at the end of the day, I looked at it as it's bringing people to God. <laughs> and then it didn't. And then I realized, okay, I I got to back off on some of that in my own personal life. Yeah. And and that's here. I think that there's some definite connection to that. Um, because there was fruit mm-hmm. and, and so I give myself a little grace, which I hope we all do at this point because it's not what I'm saying here is this I know all of us in some But way. you
0: were out to make something
1: yeah. with that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I did. Uh, other than to introduce Jesus to some people. That's right. I That was my goal. Yeah. And then eventually I found out, oh wait a minute, it's not. I mean, down the road it stopped being used. Yeah. It became something else. Where I think, honestly, now you're going to think I'm crazy. I think in this story, the people that were bringing this stuff in—I want to psychologize this—and my professors are screaming at me right now—that <laughs> maybe that was kind of the intent and the in the initial aspect of it, to make it make it a little bit more available. Because it's weird that it's mentioned in all the gospels,
0: and people who made pilgrimages to that have to carry a birdcage with them, right?
1: Yeah. and walking, you know,
0: walking the whole yeah. thing.
1: The bird died. Yeah, well, that's, that's be honest about that. But that's, a, you know, you're making a build, pilgrimage for a month in some places, and your bird dies or your animal dies, and then what are you supposed to do? So I think there's some it started some off conditions. with good intentions. I think it started off with good intentions, and I think Jesus saw it and saw what it had turned into, what it had become, and that's when he snaps. And that is what? Humankind typically does. They say, exactly. take something that's pretty good and they turn it. We take a vegetable that, that God made to give us nutrition and we're like, well, let's put it in a deep fryer. <laughs> <laughs> and cheese. And bacon, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah <laughs> <not>. <laughs> so let's put us Mojo's for some bacon fries. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 uh, big
0: tree,
1: the um, temple or is it the religion it's uh it's a little bit of both some will say that is the fig tree is the representation of the nation of Israel you know um some will say it's the representation of the temple um or Caiaphas. I mean, or Caiaphas. the the fig the, the branch has always been a part of their culture I mean it goes all the way to uh the creation story that the big branch is what covered Adam and Adama right like that the the leaves of the big tree that's what covered them so why is that an important thing well it it has connections all the way to the roots of creation and so there's a lot of deep theology with this idea where jesus is connected and destroyed that severed that moment for humanity so i'm trying to be very careful that i'm not being anti-semitic because mark very quickly turns into that sometimes um, when they say the fig tree, and then they bring up there's there's a couple other places that you just kind of go. Uh, are you are you are you saying? Then you have to, and I think I, I mean I, I know I've preached it that way. Um, but they're the, the chosen. Yeah, they're they're they're. It wouldn't make any sense if they're talking about Jupiter over here because no one cares about Jupiter. Christian wise. Right. I mean, or Jewish wise. Right. But, I mean, there are only is that get them out of here. Exactly. I mean, you know, just leave us alone. That's the sort gonna Turn a blind eye. Nursing seems, seems to be. It's a bad deal. It's pretty dressed. It is. Yeah. You only see that a couple other places in the Hebrew Bible, by the way. Because um, we're telepathically. That's yeah. right. It's pretty much Torah. That's, that's a God thing. Which, that's him. But I um, mean, uh let's uh let's keep going um because i think we, we got some really cool places to go uh so let's read verses 27 to um 33. so again they came to jerusalem and as he was walking in the temple the chief priests the scribes and the elders came to him please tell me that that elders is presbyteros. bitter yes <laughs> and said to him uh, by what authority are you doing these things Who gave you this authority to do them? Jesus said to them, I will ask you one question. Answer me. And I will tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven or was it of human origin? Answer me. Well, they argued with one another. Well, if we say from heaven, he will say, why then did you not believe him? but shall we say of human origin, and they were afraid of the crowd, for all regarded John as truly a prophet. So they answered Jesus, brilliant answer, by the way. I don't know. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> and Jesus said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. Um, this, this is such a brilliant piece of, uh, of writing um, in the sense that the religious leaders are seeing him as a, a threat. And then, but it's about theological constructs. Remember, you remember me talking to you guys about baptism one time that Matthew has different people that hear God's voice? Like the, the crowd hears God's voice. In the Gospel of Mark, I think Jesus' baptism, only Jesus hears God's voice saying, This is my son, the beloved, and whom I'm well, please, if I remember right something like and some said that thunder and they some and they some said they heard thunder and they yeah yeah exactly and so uh so this is kind of cool this whole conversation that Jesus is having with the religious leaders is this possible you know um and uh I I love his answer. Well if you can't tell me I'm not gonna tell you um but it's a good question. Was John's baptism Divine, or was it human? Um, and baptism now is a thing, right? In Torah, it's it's considered ritual cleansing. All of us, oh, I forgot that part. You know, after you did your burnt offering, you got cleansed, because then that meant your your chata, the moment you've missed the mark, has been given up to God, and you've been forgiven. So when you went and cleansed yourself, you were like new. And that's why you were, uh, you were given a white robe, and you you went into it naked, and you were dead to life, and you came back up different.
0: So when John was baptized, did a priest baptize him like we think? Question. Like you baptize, you know, you baptize.
1: I baptize people.
0: So who baptized John? Do it.
1: That's the question that's never answered. Okay. So who did baptize John? Well,
0: doesn't John sell Jesus, "I need to be baptized by you"? Exactly. Has John been baptized?
1: Uh, well, according that—that's the question. This—I don't, I don't want to make it a big, huge thing, but it is a huge thing. So you tell us it. Or you're not going to tell us. No, I mean uh, we don't know. No, I'm <laughs> That's, That's right. right. You're, you're not. Yeah, gonna, I'm not
0: going to tell you. You're not <laughs> tell us. That's right. Yeah. You're,
1: you're not going to tell us. And Jesus is like, well, uh, I have the answer, but you're going to figure it out on your
0: own. So you you said a minute ago, once you did your burnt offering, you went and you cleansed. You were cleansed. Okay. So did they? Did you? They go down to the river and dunk themselves? No, there,
1: there were actual baths baths, uh, like little ritual baths, all the way around the outside of the temple. Uh, Right now, um, if you go right next to where the temple mound is, uh, Muhammad was brilliant in his architectural abilities. He built a a bath system that used all this plumbing that's still sitting there, by the way, uh, with all of this great ornate architecture built into it so that anybody could be cleansed as they went on to the holy mount to pray right so uh it it was it was brilliant but there were these bath houses all the way around the outside so in acts chapter 2 when they say then some three thousand people were baptized remember they're in the temple they're not at the jordan river so john somehow what is being inferred here was baptized most likely in the temple and then went out of the temple and baptized people by the Jordan River. But as a Nazarite, that's another story. I was going to say the, the Jewish or the Jews are not baptized. It's it's the same thing. It's the language. Yeah. It's the language. Is but, it or? Which? Uh, in the verse 30. But the Jews did this every time they went.
0: Yeah. I baptism.
1: mean, yeah. That was part of the. It was definitely a ritual process, whatever word you want to use. And and baptisma is, this Greek word is why I'm making a big deal of it, is is a different word than that. So you're, you're right on the money. So this ritual cleansing is different than baptisma. There's a there's a there's an implication that this is something that you're supposed to do. It's a ritual. Uh, and I guess where I was headed at is somewhere, you know, we know, they didn't, right. I mean, or may not have understood it. I'm saying we understand it uh, one way and we don't know what, how they understood it. And this has become okay. a huge debate because when Jesus was baptized in the river, there wasn't, he was just baptized. I, I mean, I don't want to say that. it wasn't part of the ritual. Right. What I'm trying to say. No. There was no offerings. There was no, no. this, that, or the other is establishing something new and evidently john the baptist had been already doing this so i'm just saying so here's okay i'm going to go deep for just a second well not really <laughs> if you've got if if the culture believes that somebody is going to come prepare the way another elijah is coming so what they're going to do is, is they're going to talk about what they believe And Elijah's going to change everything. Remember, Elijah was kind of their superhero before this. Moses was pretty high up there, but Elijah was, I mean, he was Superman. Like, he did all kinds of crazy things that were against and, and changed, and not against, that changed the way that they believed and processed their belief. So if somebody's coming to prepare the way of the Messiah, John the Baptist does that 100%. He leaves the temple, he goes out into the wilderness, he lives like a Nazarite, which is, uh, we would think that they were crazy people, like there was something wrong with them. They chose to do this thing. Um, I I don't call monks crazy, but they have chose to live life different than the rest of the world. Why? Because God told them to. Um, And there's this beautiful connection that they have to God that is uninterrupted. By humanity so if john the baptist decides to be a Nazarite, goes out into the wilderness jesus then comes to proclaim that he is the messiah everything that john had set in place is what uh what jesus had wanted wanted but at this point john has been executed And now the people have started referring to john as a prophet and in the process of him being a prophet they are now calling instead of doing a ritual cleansing they are now doing baptisms as a part of their faith but it's not jewish but it is does that make sense i know it's deep but it's for our world Mm. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. So evolution is not necessarily always a bad word. In this case, it's changing the way that they're doing this. Because if you only could be cleansed in the temple of Jerusalem, what happens when it's gone? Mm. Oh, wait. It is. Yeah. Now what do we do? Now what do we do? Mm-hmm. So Mark's brilliance is like, So what was John's baptism for then? Was it just for nothing? I mean, was it just, you know, I mean it was in the temple. We had to do it. (laughs) See how cool this is? I I don't understand why Jesus ever I mean Mm -hmm. it's like you've got to figure it out. That's right. And and, you know, and here the, the disciples don't get it. The leaders of the temple don't get it. You know, and I think the people do. They don't understand what they get. I mean, (laughs) yeah, I mean, he's not who they wanted. No. He's not who was foretold or not. Not
0: their interpretation.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, not in the way that they understood it. Exactly. And so neither is baptism at this point. To be cleansed of that moment is not something that is it's a human act but it is something of the divine that takes place in that moment jesus establishes that by asking john to baptize him uh, this is why it's a big problem and, and i'm probably going to end here with our bible study today because this becomes a problem with the church in the sense of how do we baptize who gets baptized uh, and we've always assumed, because this is how the church has taught it, well, the, the disciples got baptized after Jesus' baptism. Well, I will say this until the day I die. It doesn't say that. And the Bible, if the Bible believes that, it's going to say that. Well, I think we could make a better argument for that would be in Acts chapter 2. So later on, the disciples were chose, chose to be baptized. But... Uh, after Jesus' baptism, because again, they're establishing a new practice, a new ritual. They didn't know what it meant. And, they, and 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 not until that moment of what we call Pentecost did it make any sense to them. So, And I don't know if it did either. Because we still, I mean, if I ask any of you in this room today, you know, we know that it was important to us. And we know for some of us it was miraculous. But some of <laughs> us remember it. Some of us don't. But baptism was a huge part of who we are. And we know that it was important. But it means something different to every human being. So I'm going to leave it there. And um, we're going to stop. We'll pick up on Mark chapter 12 next week.